Do you agree with the general consensus that Bears GM Ryan Poles' comment on wanting to, quote, do right by Justin Fields is the busy, biggest indication yet that the Bears plan on trading their starting quarterback? I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So did uh, Ryan Poles shed a little light on the future of Justin Fields? Yeah, I feel like he did. I I just feel like when you are talking about trading a guy and doing right by him, that means you're trading a guy and you want to do right by him. That's exactly what it means. I mean, you you can go down there. I think we all understood what the Bears were kind of debating and dealing with, and they didn't tell you flat out, here's our quarterback plan. But I, I thought, I thought that was, you know, clearly they under, they're talking to people, there are names coming up, and Justin Fields is on the block. I, I don't think there's a shadow of a doubt about that, honestly. So um, it, it, it felt like a confirmation of what we already sort of anticipated. Well, there's no doubt that he's on the block. There's no doubt that the phone lines are open talking about putting a DND on his phone. Phone won't stop buzzing and ringing because of everything going on. But you could also look at it the other way. And this could also be a way of trying to drive up the price sooner rather than later. We know that Poles is anxious to, to get to where they're going. He does not want to wait. I mean, they've got two months, right? They've got two months until they have to make that first pick, April mm-hmm. 25th. Okay, Not quite two months, but two months. So this also could be trying to drive that price up by saying that we want to do right by him, you know, if indeed we go down that path. If we go, if, yeah, if, I, I, if, it, It's if. happening, buddy. You're going to have to wrap your mind around it. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think they've concluded what direction they're going. The reports are they've done a lot more background work on Caleb Williams than we yeah. might be aware of. And this is it's, it's a hard to unring that bell. Now that you've talked about not wanting to, uh, uh, you want to do right by Justin Fields, it implies that there's a concern about the perception that you're doing him wrong. And how would you be doing him wrong? Trading him in his eyes, in the eyes of maybe your locker room. You've got to be aware and have your eyes wide open that this is going to be a perception issue you're going to have to address. Things will take care of themselves. Players defend players. They don't necessarily welcome rookies guys who haven't proven themselves. This is the rhetoric you expect to hear in an NFL locker room, all the support for Justin Fields. What happened yesterday was the Bears kind of were unified in the message. And I think when you hear them talking about wanting to uh, not live in the gray, that was a phrase that Matt Eberflus also repeated several times during his various interviews. They are unified in this message. They are, I think, uh, in, in, in consensus internally about what mm-hmm. direction they're headed. Yesterday was, I think, as strong as they've been. And you don't have to be you know, Dick Tracy to figure out all the clues and how they fit together. This is a team getting ready to draft Caleb Williams. You don't say that you want to take care of the guy unless you're actually going to be trading him. Unless you're really concerned about yes. what you're going to have to do when you exactly. inevitably trade the guy. Yes. Yeah, I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. That's the voice of Brad Biggs. He'll be here at 7, Biggs time, 7 o'clock, Mullion Haw. Was Ryan Poles being so open and transparent about the state of the contract negotiations with Jalen Johnson's a tactic that left the ball in Johnson's court or a genuine update from the heart of the Bears' general manager?
I'd like to avoid the franchise tag uh, for him. I think there's a really good space uh, for us to find a middle ground. Um, again, we always have the tag to, to use, but I really would like to, to get something done long term with him. So, general uh, good guy, Ryan Poles, or another tactic in negotiations? Shrewd move. This was everything <laughs> but handing Jalen Johnson the pen and say, okay, ready for you to sign now. My terms, our terms, you're well paid. I'm I'm not suggesting that it's not a fair offer. I bet you it's very, very good, and I think it probably reflects the fact that all the metrics point to Jalen Johnson being one of the top five cornerbacks in the NFL. I don't know if it makes him the highest-paid cornerback in the NFL, and maybe that's what he wants. We don't know how he feels. We're going to probably hear soon at one point, but I do think that as much as you want to applaud Ryan Poles for being open and Yes, it's great that there's a good relationship. He wants to keep him, wants to avoid the tag. All those things are good. But just remember, all those things are negotiating tactics. This is now easy for him to say and for the Bears to claim the higher ground because they have been open about everything, and they're going to pay him the money. The cash flow's good. <laughs> Did you hear him talk about yeah, that? Yeah, that was funny. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, now let's get a deal done, but I do think this is all part of the dance. Yeah, probably right. Probably part of the dance. It was probably the newsiest item that still came out, unless you think the newsiest item is that they're trading the quarterback because they're going to do right by him. I mean, that's debatable, and that's what we do in this segment. Um, But, yes, I mean, they're going to try to make Jalen Johnson look like the quote-unquote bad guy if they tag him and pay him, what, $21 million a year to play cornerback? 19.8 is Okay, 19.8. So $20 million a year to play cornerback in the NFL? Pretty good. I I don't feel bad for anybody if that's the case. Hmm. I mean, this is a really interesting negotiating technique. What he did was, you know, look, I don't think there's any shadow of a doubt that they're not giving Jalen Johnson everything he wants. But they want to give him a contract that will keep him here for a while. And they're trying, he's 24 years old. You can get back on the market and you can get paid later. We're going to, we're going to, oh, the money flow is really good and the guarantees are good. It's not great. It's not what he wants, but we're negotiating and. Rather than give you the the highest contract and make you the highest paid corner, I'm sure that's what he wants. We're gonna give you like a little bit more, and we're gonna put it, the ball in your court. Look what we're offering you, and if you don't want it, then we're gonna tag your arse, and we'll see what goes on. You don't want to get into a Chris Jones deal with this guy where you're tagging him year after year. Right. You want to get him to sign a contract. You also apparently don't want to give him a contract that is just a no-brainer and he signs it. You're negotiating. So it's an interesting tactic. I think he's he's playing the good guy and he's acting like it's all uh, – they're doing right by the guy and now it's up to Jalen and if he decides not, then, well, he's a greedy son of a guy. But that's interesting you point that out because him saying that he could still hit the market at a point in his career yes. that he could take advantage – basically tells me that he's offering three and that they want five. Yes, that's what it sounds like. There's going to be a lot of questions on the draft process. If you don't believe Ryan Poles was spilling the beans about the quarterback plan, did Coach Matt Eberflus do it for you when asked what he looks for in a quarterback? 
you know, I look at the guys that can operate third down, two minute, and, and the end of the game situations. That, that to me, is what se- that's the separator. Given the Fields was the 34th rated quarterback in the fourth quarter, 28th in passing yards, and was the second ranked with six fourth quarter picks, is that a telling comment? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you know, you got to be able to play well in the fourth quarter. You, you know, your guy doesn't. He doesn't play well in the fourth quarter. They haven't won a lot of late games. They've blown a lot of leads. Are we being honest about it? Six picks. Only one other quarterback in the league had uh, more than six picks. That's not good. I think among among all quarterbacks, his passer rating in the fourth quarter was, what What does it say here, 34th. Bailey Zappi was, wait, wait. was the only guy. There There's only 32 teams. 32 teams, right? Right, okay. right. But, just, just but 34 players qualified, yeah. 35 guys qualified, and he was ahead of just that one player. It's not good. And, I mean – and then when he was on with uh, Parkins and Spiegel, I thought that he – I don't think he changed his tune, but he did talk about Mahomes running late in the game and how that can be some – so he kind of toned it down a little. But when I heard him say what he's looking for in a quarterback, you felt, well, that, you don't have that guy. You don't have him. Well, how about get the quarterback some more weapons or play better defense so you don't have to worry about that stat? But, yes, it is, it's telling – there's no doubt. But again, isn't every coach, if the, if every coach is answering honestly what they're looking for in a quarterback, you'd be looking for this. I mean, right? You'd be looking for a guy who can win a game with the ball in his hand at the end of the everybody oh, come on, wants Dustin. a guy. Come on. I mean, listen, come on. we all want, we all want, I don't know, six figures in our checking and our savings account. We all want our house paid off, and we all want a quarterback who can win with the ball in his hand at the end of the game. Hello. When, when you are asked a specific question and you know what you're talking about and you just happen to list traits that the incumbent quarterback, aren't those aren't strengths of his, you've got to be able to read the room and understand that what you're pointing out are the flaws of the quarterback who's on his way out the door. Wouldn't you be disappointed if he didn't say he wanted that in a quarterback, though? I think that there are ways to talk about this without necessarily implicating directly Justin Fields, who was the 34th-rated quarterback in the fourth Come quarter. Come on, Justin. I mean, this was that to me is the separator. This to me explains why there's going to be a separation and then a, a divorce. <laughs> okay, they Justin Fields and the Bears are nearing a divorce. Matt Eberflus unintentionally, perhaps was more specific and more pointed yes. about this than Ryan Poles was. And, yeah, maybe this is the case that you would say that about every quarterback, but that is – we're talking about one. We're talking about now. And they don't have that guy. They don't have that guy. What did you say? We're talking about practice, man. Okay, we're not talking about practice. We're talking about the Bears talking, of 2024. We're talking about practice. And the Justin Fields not a game. is not meeting not a game. the standard not a game. his head coach established yesterday for all of the NFL media to hear and to see. Listen, we're talking about practice. Oh. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. I'll take your questions. I don't, have, I don't have much to say about this. Can I just interrupt briefly to say that I loved Allen Iverson as a player, and I remember being at the Indianapolis Combine and they were playing the Pacers, and I went to that game one night because I wanted to see AI rather than hang out in the bars and try to talk to people. It's 
great. So you weren't doing your job. No, I chose my fandom for uh, a great NBA Slacker. Thank you. No regrets either. Didn't miss a thing. Which home run in Tuesday's White Sox-Dodgers game game was the most enjoyable? The Sox shortstop Paul DeYoung, first of the spring, or the Dodgers Shohei Otani, first in his uh, final A-B. Anything else about the Sox effort stand out? Well, Shohei was going to homer. You knew that. Paul DeYoung going deep was a surprise. But that game was about Garrett Crochet hitting 100 on the gun. Thank you. My goodness sakes. This is the wrong question. Well, come on. Which which at bat was more fun for you? Shohei Otani's bloody hold on. Don't don't get carried away. I mean, strike out looking. Don't try to stitch something that isn't there, Crochet. I think that you you understand it's all about Otani. Everything is about Otani. The seven, striking the, out looking. No, the $700 million man did strike out looking, but he also went deep. Uh, yesterday was about Otani's debut. That did was, he go deep again? That was the national story. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Oh, Shohei Otani, whatever he does on a national stage is the biggest thing in Major League Baseball in any given day. And he did that yesterday. Garrett Crochet locally, uh, microscopically, were you know, looking at everything White Sox, looking for, looking for something positive. Garrett Crochet hitting 100 on the gun. Big deal. Setting down the one, two, three in the first inning, big deal. Those are all former MVPs. I hope he way. doesn't wake up hurt. Jeez. Oh, man, you're, you're pooping on the parade. Well, if the Sox are going to do anything this year, Garrett Crochet is going to be a big part of it, right? But, you know, it, like little things. I mean, of course, it's Shohei Otani by a landslide, right? I mean, the guy no. just – What? Not a well, it's, it, based on the question, the, 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 to answer the question, it, it's not Paul DeYoung. I mean, who did Paul DeYoung hit the home run off of? I'll go back to the question. For $100. Yeah. Who did he hit? I don't remember. Yeah, see? Exactly. So who's, it didn't who's matter. In, who's in camp? Garrett Crochet, you know, I, I mean, here we are. What What is it? Like 2024, right? So let's say, I don't know, 35 years from now, he's sitting on the porch having a little lemonade and his young grandson comes over and says, did you ever play against the great Otani? Well, I, I remember the time. He doesn't speak Why does like, he talk that. like that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm giving him. A, when did he adopt I, that I'm accent? Trying to, I'm trying to give him an elderly, southern sort of a draw. Sixty-nine year old Garrett Crochet. Yeah, sixty-nine years old. I remember. I remember Otani going down on four pitches as he stared at me after I hit a hundred on the gun. Come on. That that was the greatest moment, maybe in the oh, White God. Sox season. I don't know if you not heard. since Tim Anderson <laughs> Jeez, hit no, one into the it. into the the corn have we seen that glorious White Sox. Down goes Otani. Did you, the KC at bat. Did it was you not awesome. get Craig Council's memo? Results don't matter in spring training. Yeah, I know. That's just fun. It's fun that he struck him out. That's a great question. What a waste of money Otani is. What do you make of the Cubs trade with the Sox to clear the 40-man roster spot for Cody Bellinger? Did you like seeing reliever Bailey Horn, a former Sox fifth-rounder, traded uh, to the Ryan Tapera deal that land back with the Southsiders for former second-round starter Matthew Thompson? A whole lot of names there. Yeah, you know, it's really weird. Like, Matthew Thompson was one of those high school kids, and they took him, and there were, I think they took a couple of them. I think he was an over-slot second-rounder, and I've been – He's still super young, but we've been waiting to see him for a while. 
he was eligible for that, um, you know, whatever the draft is, you know, where you get a guy and he has to stay on your team. Rule five. Rule five draft. And they, no one took him. So, you know, now you're trading him for a guy. Well, it's just, I mean, that's got to hurt, doesn't it? It's just, (laughs) it feels bad. So, you know, the Cubs got to move somebody to make room for, um, for Bellinger, and and you get Bailey Horn back, who, by all accounts, how old is Bailey Horn? He's about 26, maybe. He's kind of, I mean, he can help the Sox in the bullpen. Anybody can help the Sox in the bullpen. So I think it's a nice deal for the White Sox. And for the Cubs, they get a guy who, you know, has been inconsistent, but is still young, and he's yet another arm in their in their great uh, collection of minor league pitching that they can, you know, they got a bunch of guys that are kind of like their 30th best prospect, and here's another one. Well, let's hope that someday we have a Bailey Horn, Matthew Thompson, Cubs Sox game that means something happening, and those guys are on I the like mound. It. Otherwise, I, like it. I mean, okay, great. So the, 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 they make the trade, and it works out because Matthew Thompson doesn't have to be on the 40 man, so it clears the spot for Bellinger. Okay, Dustin, if you say the names Bailey Horn and Matthew Thompson again this season, I will buy coffee for everybody that day because well, that's, but, but that's I mean, just not going to be. But you may say Bailey Horn again because he may end up on their roster. Maybe. I, I don't think Matthew Thompson's going to. I think it's maybe. unfair unless he says Bailey Horn, you know, traded for Matthew Thompson. I don't Thompson. really drink a lot of coffee, Dave. Well, I'll buy whatever you want. Red Bull. Well, now uh, he's, he's going to say it because he gets orange something. Orange juice, Gatorade. Whatever it is in the morning, whatever gets you going in the morning, Bailey Horn and Matthew Thompson. This is a transaction that was just one. There's one reason this matters, and we're reading their names this morning. Belly's back, okay? Belly is back. We're belling up to the bar. It may be half full, maybe half empty. Whatever. He's back. He's going to talk today. He's got his money. He's got his swag. The Cubs are favorites in the NL Central. Everything is well at Sloan Park. You know, to answer your question. All right, we have to talk about it. How do you feel about the Bulls today after their matchup against one of the worst teams in the league in the Pistons? Is it fair to still evaluate Billy Donovan as a coach, given how many injuries the Bulls have suffered? I really think this is going to be one of those things that is a fair question at the end of this year, the way that it's going. The wheels are falling off. Mm. And... I think that when you're four games below 500, you lose twice to the Pistons. Uh, and last night was the low water mark for this season. It was bad. And as bad as you think it is now, I wonder if it could get worse. And if it does, I don't know what direction they're headed, except, except for this offseason. Cannot, cannot be another offseason where there's belief in the status quo and running anybody back. Maybe everything must go. Maybe it's going to be one of those clearance sales, everything but Kobe White. I don't know. But when they play as poorly as they did last night, two for 29, you got to try really hard almost to miss that often. I like Billy Donovan as a coach. We're on record for really enjoying all that he has brought to Chicago. But what's going to happen next year? Who's going to be playing for the Bulls? And if you're changing the roster dramatically, what do you do with your coach in a league that goes through coaches quicker than any other league. So I don't know what direction this is headed, but after last night, you don't like it. You don't want to look, and you want to just look away. Well, there, it's word embarrassment, shameful, rock bottom, awful. 
that, that those are words that you could put on that performance. They, they I was I watched that game last night. They should have been up ten at the half. They should have been up ten at the half, and they were playing really good. They, they had they had a lot of good moments in that first half. But they should they all of a sudden it's five and you start thinking huh maybe, and, and I don't know what's up with Io. I don't know even even. I mean, Kobe White can't shoot straight all of a sudden. It's like the the timing of the All-Star break could not have come at a worse time for him. And it's like, did he do anything during during the break? Did he put up any did he put he, up any I shots? I think he went and saw Caitlin Clark break the scoring record. Seriously. He went to Iowa. He, and he compared her to who? She might be a better shooter than him. I said <laughs> he it, He compared her to Luca. Just if you're That's an interesting comparison. Um, okay, and I mean it. He did do that. Um, look, okay, th- this is an unpopular opinion that I'm going to express, and I do think people are going to jump all over me about it. But I don't know what else to say. Billy Donovan called it an outlier, and I'm going to choose to look at it in that fashion. It's like there's there's like a field full of sheep, and somehow one got away and got stuck in the wire. That's how you have to look at a game like this. That's how bad a loss it was. It was it was losing to an absolute garbage team and they they played well. They did they did work hard. I think the fact that they had lost the game on a bad call the night before and their coach went off and they went crazy, that ended up somehow fueling them. This is it has to be an outlier. Or the season is over. There's only like 21 games left. I expect the Bulls to play better. I, I, I mean, look, you know, if Torrey Craig was alive, this would never happen. I mean, he can hit a three-pointer, he's unfortunately. Alive. Well, he's out two he's to out. four weeks. Yeah. He's, he's I, not alive I, now in our minds. I'm saying available as opposed to alive. I'm, I, I don't know. I, I know logically I should sit here and I should scream and I should swear and I should tell you how awful they are, and they got to break up everything, and they got to. But the fact of the matter is, it was an outlier. I'm going with Billy. It was just one of the worst things that could happen, and you can't expect that to be the norm. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but if you're going to make a move of any kind, you got to beat that team. You cannot have that kind of outlier. There's been too many this year. If they were four games over rather than four games under, totally I would right. maybe be in agreement with you. But I'm only going to push back a little bit because this is a team that has had, you know, when you're talking about rock bottom, you've got to compare them to like three or four other losses that qualify, yeah. that could qualify. I The, the, the opponents kind you're of right. get blurry. Yeah, but this is not a team that has earned any be- anybody's benefit I, I, of the doubt. I, and I totally agree with that. I'm just saying the alternative is to just you know end end the season, to just get rid of everyone and honestly shut down the franchise because <laughs> you just lost to a team that has. Nine wins on the year and two of them are over. You would like to see Jerry sell the Bulls before I, he sells the Sox. I, no, I'm like break them up. You know, defunct. That that's that is the only other option than saying, uh, you know, we're going to throw that one out, you know, flush it and move on. I I know that's sports adage nonsense. I know everyone gets peeved when you say that. To me, it's like the Ramblers. You know, they had a terrible loss. They went on the road. It was oh, a trap game. They got rough. a big game on Friday. That was rough. And they just they did not play well. And they turned the ball that over for a living. And it was really hard to it was watch. Ugly. Sorry about that. But that happens. 
that happens, I'm going to call in an outlier. I'm calling. I right now will declare that Tuesday, February 27th, doesn't count. Never happened. Outlier. Never happened. Yeah, the spring training stuff. Okay. I, I'm sorry uh, to Garrett Crochet, but none of it happened. Bailey Horn was never traded. Bailey Horn's still a cup. <gasps> I said his name. Who was he traded for? 